Broadcasting live from atop the Rocky Mountains, the crossroads of the West. West. You are listening to the Liberty Roundtable Radio Talk Show. Show. All right. Happy to have you along, my fellow Americans. Sam Bushman live on your radio. Hard-hitting news the networks refuse to use. No doubt starts now. This, my fellow Americans, is the broadcast for May 22nd in the year of our Lord, 2023. This is our one of two and the goal always protect to protect life, liberty, and property, to promote God, family, and country, to do so on your radio and the traditions of our founding fathers. Yes, indeed, we use the blueprint for liberty, the supreme law of the land, the Constitution for the United States of America. That is our guide. The checks and balances brilliantly put in that incredible document by our founding fathers. One of the great peaceful restorative solutions we have at our fingertips. As you know, we reject revolution. We stand for peaceful restoration of the greatest country on the face of the earth. With me today, Dr. Scott Bradley. Welcome to the broadcast, sir. Thank you very much. Always good to start off the uh, week with uh, a little bit of razzle-dazzle. I mean, All right. We need to something to get the heart rate up in the morning. Some people can't function without their coffee. I think some of us, like you and me maybe, uh, can't function without a little bit of um, something to uh, get our heart rate going because of the state of affairs today. We have nothing but uh, <laughs> blather going on in the in the political world. So we got we got to stir the pot a little bit and give some thought to the things that need to be restored for crying out loud. And boy, howdy, is there a lot there, right? Okay. Yeah, for sure. All right. We have a lady with us that I want to chat with today, Dr. Scott Bradley. Her name is Laura Bean, uh, and she's from St. George, Utah. And uh, she has a whole lot of update on what happened at the St. George uh, I guess they had a big old meeting with a bunch of citizens. Uh, free speech was the core of the discussion, and their free speech got absolutely obliterated. I found out about it on ironcountynews.org and then uh, read some articles and then uh, was able to find Laura, who has a lot of uh, information about this for us. Laura, welcome to Liberty Roundtable Live. Hello. Thanks for having me. You're very welcome. Now, how did you get caught up on this? Did you attend the meeting? So I've been attending um, my local meetings, city council. And... Uh-oh, city council, and So I, I go regularly. Okay, you're breaking up a little bit. City council meetings you attend regularly. Were you at this meeting then where they decided to shut down free speech? Tell us what happened. Yes. So um, every month you have an opportunity as, as the public to go and express your public comment. And it's usually anywhere from two to three minutes. And this has been going on since forever, like at least a decade. And um, the day prior, no, no, the day prior, my friend and I who were going, my friend called the city and they said, yes, they'll be doing public comment. Then the morning of the meeting, the mayor announced on a radio program that they will no, no longer have public comment. So that, that was it. So we, we all went and, and there was a bunch of us who held up signs that said, Mayor, mayor Randall not allowing us to speak is, uh, what, did, what did it say? No, uh, hold on, let me find it. 
it's un-American not to allow us to speak. And so that's, that's what, that was what the controversy was, is that we had signs under our chins, on our chest. <laughs> so their problem is that you're not allowed to bring signs in? Is that the idea? Well, th- that was our solution to being shut up. Like, All right, so we let me, let me back up for a second then. You were willing just yeah. to come and speak, and everybody wanted to take their turn. Usually they used to give people like two minutes at the microphone, and uh, if it was a hot yeah. issue, a parade of people would go up and speak and have their say and kind of put their uh, information. Yeah. The reason that people go to the meetings is to put it on the record is why you want to appear there. Right. Uh, and what you're saying is when exactly. they shut that down, then you guys came in with signs as your way of, quote, obeying but yet protesting, right? Exactly. Yeah. Because we wouldn't have been given the floor otherwise. All right. What did your sign say? So all, all the signs were the were same. We somebody printed. I don't even know who did it to be honest. And there's a lot of people there I didn't know who got up. It was it was kind of miraculous, you guys, because from my perspective, and I didn't know who who was going to do what. Um, somebody brought signs, probably twenty to thirty signs that were just eight and a half by eleven pieces of paper that said, um, "It's un-American to not let us speak." That's it. And then somebody stood up and read the First Amendment to the Constitution. And then another woman stood up and read the oath of office and asked everyone there, the officers and city council members and the mayor, did you not agree to this oath of office to adhere to the Constitution? So it was, it was powerful. All right. So you but didn't get to go to the mic. Hold on. You didn't get to go to the microphone because they shut that down, but you guys literally, when they tried to confront you, tried to remove you and or come gather the signs, uh, basically people just yeah. stood up and started basically saying, hey, you know, we're going to have our say at this meeting. <clears throat> and they did, right? Right? right. I mean, we didn't get to speak, but, um, but, but people still stood up and, and – said the First Amendment. Like, they still stood up and said comments. So I guess they kind of did. But it was just those two commenters, one that said the First Amendment and then the other who said the oath of office. And then, and that's when they solved the meeting. That's when they said, oh, we're going to shut this down. And the mayor said, police officers, aren't you going to do something about this? Because that's what they said before the meeting. The officers were going around the room saying, if you hold up a sign, we're going to have to kick you out of the meeting. So she was expecting them to kick us out. So that's that's a good thing. <laughs> they didn't kick us out. They let us stay there. So the there, cops there did wins. try to collect the cops did try to collect the signs, but um, when the people started Absolutely. to push back, they pretty much backed off, right? Yeah. Um, when the officer came up to me to get my sign, I said, nope, this is my First Amendment right. And he left me alone because I think they, they, they really know that they can't. I, I right. hope what's they ha- do. What's happened <laughs> since to the people that stood up and spoke, uh, even though they weren't supposed to? And what happened to everybody else yeah. after? Is there any uh, any repercussions? Oh, no, no. Um, no, nothing like that. They, they just um, sh- the mayor left in a huff all upset and angry at us and angry that the police officers weren't doing anything about us. And um, they paused the meeting 
then the city council was still up on the stand trying to figure out what he should be doing. And they ended up leaving the room as well. And then this is the interesting part. Um, it was highly coincidental that they began the meeting again, maybe about 20 minutes after all that happened. It was right when my friend that was with me asked one of the officers if we could speak into the microphone. And he, he basically said, it's up to you. I, I, I have no control over that. So she went to speak in the microphone. She was going to read her little blurb that she wrote about what I would do if I were the devil. And she wrote a little paragraph about that. That was going to be her public comment. So she started speaking in the microphone and the, an attorney there and some other administrative woman said, Oh no, 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 no. You cannot use the microphone. We are in session and that's not allowed. And got really mad at her and immediately that's when the city council came back in and then they just they just started the meeting they just went on the agenda as if nothing ever happened and we were ignored dr bradley this is strange as i'll get out isn't it you know i i think that we see this over and over and over and over and over and over in banana Mm -hmm. republics i mean we see this Mm -hmm. i mean the king george in his uh glory and uh the idea that there was no voice for the American citizens. I mean, if you go back to the Declaration of Independence and you read, you know, uh, it says, we have warned them from time to time of attempts by their legislature to extend an unwarrantable jurisdiction over us. We've reminded them of the circumstances of our immigration and settlement here. We have appealed to their native justice and magnanimity, and we have conjured them by the ties of our mutual kindred to disavow these usurpations, which would invariably interrupt our connections and correspondence. They too have been deaf to the voice of justice and consanguinity. We must therefore acquiesce in necessity, which denounces our separation and hold them as we hold the rest of mankind, enemies in war, in peace, friends. Okay, now see, this this, uh, uh, city council in in uh, St. George. See, St. George, many, many years ago, used to be kind of a quiet, uh, almost a good old boy's place to for people to relax and retire and play golf and all that kind of stuff in the winter months in Utah, <laughs> where the rest of us were in the snow. But, you know, it's interesting. It's been, I, I almost hate to use the term, getting Californicated. For so many yeah. years, there has been a migration out of the uh, Gavin Newsom world, and they brought with them the philosophies of Southern California. And I think that's where St. George is right now. They have been taken over. It's time for the people that care about liberty to clean house. It seems to me mm-hmm. the election should remove anybody and everybody that takes this kind mm-hmm. of attitude that we will speak and you will be quiet, you plebs and peons. Sounds like you've got to take a break, Sam. All right, ladies and gentlemen, hang tight. Laura Bean with us, Dr. Scott Bradley, freedomsrisingsun.com, and yours truly, Sam Bushman, on your radio. When we come back, Dr. Bradley says we got a clean house. Amen to that. What's going to be done about the mayor literally creating a tyranny and denying free speech? Let's find out what's going to go on next, huh? 
Introducing Managed IT Services from NPI. We offer top-notch data backup and recovery, email spam protection, and network security tailored to your needs and budget. With 20-plus years of experience in the medical field, our HIPAA-certified consultants know what it takes to protect sensitive information. Don't settle for less. Give us a call at 801-706-6980 and experience the difference with Managed IT Services. Remember, your IT support should be fast, efficient, and reliable. Introducing PrepStartsNow.com, your ultimate guide to readiness and peace of mind. We offer practical preparedness tools, training, and education to take your family's household readiness to the next level. Browse the prep shop for essential products, check out our planning guides, and stay informed with our prep blog. Visit PrepStartsNow.com and subscribe to our emails for exclusive offers, new products, and future events. Remember, preparedness begins with PrepStartsNow.com. Matthew 24, 24 teaches us that the church is deceived today. Deceived Christians call themselves Judeo-Christians. Around 1900, Jews commissioned the Schofield Reference Bible, which transformed the Jews from Christian killers to the chosen people. Here's the truth. America is in the Bible. Revelation 21, our form of government came down from heaven. Verse 3, the many Christian ministers at the Constitutional Convention sought God's will. The God-given rights in the Constitution were ordained by God. America is the new promised land for Christian Israel, and Christians are the true chosen people. True Israel is Christian. Listen to Jesus, quote, my sheep follow me, unquote, and, quote, you do not believe because you are not my sheep, unquote. John 10, 25 through 27. The beast has transformed America into the woman mystery Babylon, Revelation chapter 17. For the complete Bible study, write to Christian Knuckles, P.O. Box 210813, Royal Palm Beach, Florida, 33421. With news the networks refuse to use. You are listening to the Liberty Roundtable Radio Talk Show. Okay, we're back again. Um, Thomas Jefferson talks at length about the true corrective of unconstitutional government, and that is education. And so what needs to happen, my opinion, and this uh, was once a kind of a, a pleasant community of St. George, but tyranny seems to have raised its ugly head, and it's all too often happening today. I think the um, injunction of those in power over the last three years has been shut up, sit down, and let us rule you in tyranny. Uh, but what needs to happen is what uh, Thomas Jefferson suggested. An understanding needs to come to the people as to what liberty is, and the basis of it. And the First Amendment is is absolutely essential. You know, this religious liberty, obviously, if we don't have that, we're not able to worship our God, and certainly that's the basis of all liberty. In fact, that was the whole basis of the Savior's um, efforts in his mortal ministry and continues in the eternities. But the fact of the matter is this idea of speech and press and assembly and, and redress, all of those things that are found in the First Amendment are basically have been set aside. We were told, sit up, shut down, we'll tell you what to do. And the three years that that happened, it cowed a lot of people. So it's time, I think, for the citizens of St. George, and not just them, but everywhere, to again resort back to the originating principles that uh, we were granted liberty at such great cost, and we've got to go back and do that. So education is a key. We, the people, 
uh, down there in St. George, Utah, uh, the people should say, we are going to expunge the uh, mark of tyranny in our community. And anybody and everybody that participates in that, and uh, there's this Mayor Randall, I don't know Mayor Randall, but uh, at, the, at some point, uh, at the soonest possible convenience, should be removed from office. And maybe if they can be uh, encouraged to uh, perhaps uh, resign uh, in shame, in great ignominy, as he walks out the door, head hanging low, because anybody that does such a thing has shut down the baseline Americanist principles, and the First Amendment is the First Amendment still. And they took an oath to it. Anyway, throw it back to you, Sam. Uh, the people need to be incensed about this. Laura, so what's going to happen now? Are we going to try to recall the mayor or try to get somebody else elected in the mayor's place? Or uh, are we going to get the sheriff? Or who, who's going to do what about this kind of abuse? seems like the majority of the city council went along as well. Only one member kind of expressed opposition, right? Yes. Uh, thanks for bringing that up. Yeah, um, as far as recalling, we, we all yelled that, by the way, as she walked out. There was a, an outcry that I'd recall her, recall her. Um, I don't, I'm not aware from what I've studied that there's, that that's even a possibility. Uh, legally, I don't, I don't know that we have much to, that we can do. Um, short of like what you said, annoy, annoy her so much by attending and continuing to put pressure on them that she just quit. That's, I, I don't know. We got to well, do something. I don't know if you have right. a recall. I don't know if you have a recall at that level, but you certainly have the ability to make yeah. sure that uh, isn't the mayor in elected position. Well, yes, uh, she's only been in for about a year. And how long is her term? <laughs> Two or four uh, years. Four years. Four years. Yeah. Yeah. You know, so you've got three years to stand up against her, and you can make things very hard. But you know what? The only way that we're going to have. Yeah enough influence as if enough Americans join the cause, Dr. Bradley. Well, absolutely. So if we got a four-year term here, I, I have historically been a, an, an uh, advocate of frequent elections. Uh, uh, Patrick Henry served seven terms as the governor of Virginia. They were seven one-year terms. They had him stand up and report every year. Now, the, the, of course, you know, things are legislatively created now, and and they've given longer terms and so on and so forth. So what would be my approach was education of we the people in the community. And uh, there can be a, a pretty, you know, grassroots kind of growing effort. But beyond that, too, um, I, I don't think, I mean, maybe this person, Mayor Randall, is, is completely ignorant of Americanist philosophy. And that would not be po uh, not we beyond... Uh, shall I say, the possibility, uh, given the, the public education system of today and given the uh, news feed of today, uh, given the civic education of anybody and everybody today, I mean, we have really abrogated our responsibility in that. But it, what I would do, I think, in a non-threatening, um, I think if you had two or 300 citizens uh, not together, maybe the groups of four or five, uh, make appointments with the mayor and go in and discuss. I mean, you know, if you had two or 300 citizens coming in in maybe 50 or 60 meetings that they had set up, I mean, you know, pick your number. I'm just making this up as I go. 
but but take the yeah. opportunity to go meet with the mayor and say, Mayor, you know what? We'd like to work with you on uh, being able to restore the principles of liberty into our community, and and we'd like to offer to you our uh, you know services and and help making good things happen. You know, you don't have to go in and say, you know, you're in the crosshairs. You know, get ready to die. I mean, you know, don't take <laughs> that too lit- don't take that too literally, anybody. But the point right. of the matter is that by you know sometimes a little bit of education can go a long way. And if the citizens are being educated and those in office that should be our trusted representatives are being educated, uh, there might be a synergism that can come together on this thing. Something good can happen. I have, I I think we need 400 citizens. I think they need to be in groups of four. I think we need to create a hundred meetings and those hundred meetings need to be with the mayor. Uh, they also need to then meet with each city council member um, as well. And the city council member that expressed concern, we got to see if they would uh, write a, a, an open letter uh, about this to see if we can publish that in the paper to provide the, the uh, support uh, from the city council there. Uh, that's kind of my opinion. I think we need to meet with more than just the mayor on this. Because if we can turn a city council member or two to understand the truth, then that puts greater pressure as well, Laura. Yeah. Well, we do have an election coming up in, in August. And and we can replace three of our council members, three of our five. Uh, you know, you okay, she, she, so hold on. So you have five and you replace three. Let me ask you this question. Are the three the bad yeah. ones or is one of the three the good one? Well, it, it, here's the thing about our elections. It's, it's an open. Um, so once you get in office, you're in there for four years, for your, four years. And so the one that's good, <laughs> she's only been in for a year or two. I think one. Okay. So the po- the one point year. is, when you put, th- yeah. if you can replace all three, uh, you would still have the good one. In essence, yeah. if you did it right, you would have four that would be true and blue. The whole face of your of your the whole face of your local government would change if you had four of the five people. And that. Yeah, if you could replace that person, all four, three, yeah. and you had kept the good one the mayor would suddenly be the odd person out and there'd be no, exactly. it'd be like, come on, you guys, don't you want to listen to me? And it's kind of like, you go pay tiddlywinks over there while we resolve the problems. I mean, yeah. this could be resolved in because August. I mean, this have a, months. She, in most things, she, she doesn't have a vote. It's the city council that gets to vote on things. And the right. mayor is just kind of a, you know, regulatory figure she doesn't get a vote on a lot of things how old um, and this is maybe you know you don't often ask a woman how old she is i mean i think that's a protocol thing but how old would you say your mayor is roughly i would say yeah i don't want to offend anybody guessing but i would say around 60 ish okay. i think she has grandchildren okay She's, 50, she 60s. should be wise enough you know, but we're not. Go ahead, well, Sam. and if I'm you're going to run for the mayor uh, and be a mayor in, in America, you need to understand the supreme law of the land. You need to understand the First Amendment for sure. I think that's yeah. critical. Um, do you find that um, besides the uh, citizens that were there, that the that the articles in Iron County News and other places have kind of woke up a lot of people? Are a lot of people concerned about this now? Yeah, it's it's actually been really cool to see it being reported in so many different publications. And ironically, yesterday, a new publication reported on it. So KSL did it last week. 
Um, it came out in the Iron County News. It came out in um, St. George local news. I can't think of what it's called now. Hold on. Hold on. Anyway, St. George News, I think. And then yesterday, Salt Lake Tribune did a piece on it. It was very biased, saying that, oh, we the people are so mean and disruptive that, you know, they had to do it. Um, but, yeah, it's it's in the news. It's, it's garnered a lot of attention. And I think it is wait, waking up a fair amount of people. I think there's a lot of people that had no idea what's going on. All so right. Laura being with us. Hang tight. I got a hard break. I got to take. Let's have you stay there for a couple yep. of more minutes. When we get back, I want to ask a very sure. interesting question. Let's do it in seconds on Liberty Roundtable Live. Exposing corruption, informing citizens, pursuing liberty. You're listening to Liberty News Radio. USA News, I'm Lance Pry. Very soon, Senator Tim Scott from South Carolina will announce his presidential bid. Former Sergeant in the Marines Daniel Penny claims he subdued a New York City subway transient, Jordan Neely, based on his actions and not his skin color. Penny gave his first interview to the New York Post over the weekend. Neely's uncle says Penny doesn't deserve a plea deal after being charged with manslaughter in the second degree. Manhattan District Attorney Alvin Bragg has six months to secure a grand jury indictment against Penny. Penny's attorney, Stephen Razor, on Fox News last night. His only motivation was to help. His motivation was to help save those pastors from somebody who was clearly an imminent threat. President Biden will meet with House Speaker Kevin McCarthy ahead of a looming debt default deadline imposed by Treasury Secretary Janet Yellen. McCarthy says the president agreed to a one-on-one meeting during a call as Biden headed back to Washington from the G7 summit. First, we talked a lot about his trip over there and some of the positive things that take place. Then we spent a lot of time talking about um, the debt ceiling where we currently are. McCarthy described the conversation as productive. What we agreed to do is um, we're going to have Congressman Garrett Graves and Patrick McHenry get back together. Staff-level talks are set to reconvene ahead of discussions between Biden and McCarthy. I'm Dave Collins. Facebook owner Meta was fined this morning for a record $1.3 billion and ordered to stop transferring data collected from Facebook users in Europe to the United States. The penalty announced by Ireland's Data Protection Commission is potentially one of the most consequential in the five years since the European Union enacted the landmark data privacy law known as the General Data Protection Regulation. Today is officially Buy a New Musical Instrument Day to help you create beautiful melodies with a brand new instrument. USA News. Moments like seeing my son's team cheer him on mean a lot to me. But after being diagnosed with metastatic breast cancer or MBC, which is breast cancer that is spread to other parts of the body, they mean even more. I take Ibrance, Palbociclib. Ibrance 125 milligram tablets with an aromatase inhibitor is for adults with HR positive HER2 negative NBC as the first hormonal based therapy. Ask your doctor about Ibrance and visit Ibrance.com. Ibrance may cause low white blood cell counts that may lead to serious infections. Ibrance may cause severe inflammation of the lungs. Both of these can lead to death. 
Tell your doctor right away if you have new or worsening symptoms, including trouble breathing, shortness of breath, cough, or chest pain. Before taking Ibrands, tell your doctor if you have fever, chills, or other signs of infection, liver or kidney problems, are or plan to become pregnant, or are breastfeeding. Common side effects include low red blood cell and low platelet counts, infections, tiredness, nausea, sore mouth, abnormalities in liver blood tests, diarrhea, hair thinning or loss, vomiting, rash, and loss of appetite. All right, live and on your radio, Dr. Scott Bradley, freedomsizingsun.com, and Sam Bushman on your radio. Our guest today, Laura Bean, we're talking about this incredible article that we found in ironcountynews.org. It's a county newspaper, but they're literally syndicating all across the country with like-minded sister publications across the country. Public stands up to tyranny in St. George City, Utah. We're learning of the courage, ladies and gentlemen, of citizens standing up to local tyranny. We're talking about the mayor and the majority of the city council, five members. Four of them were simply uh, with the mayor. One city council member stood up, uh, basically said, you know what, I'm not comfortable with this. Um, What's the issue? They simply said, we're not going to allow free speech. We're not going to allow the public to make comments at meetings. The problem is the public then has no way to get anything entered into the record. That's a serious, serious violation of the First Amendment. It's also a violation of checks and balances um, because you know what? Oftentimes these city council members and and, and other people need to hear from the public and understand what's really happening. Oftentimes they only get one-sided parts of stories, etc. And this is our chance, we the people, to speak to those whom we've elected. Bold members of the the city stood up and said, hey, we're not going to tolerate this. It's going viral all over the country because it's a national issue. Yes, it's St. George uh, in the county down there, but you know what? It's really uh, an issue for the country because it's happening all over the country. Very few places have somebody or many people stand up in opposition. That's the good news in this one. But, Laura, here's my question. If the people can't speak at the microphone, can't the people just deny the mayor the chance to speak too? I mean, you think it's our meeting. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, so all we got to say uh, is that we're not allowed to speak, neither are you, Mayor. Sit down and pardon the front French. Sit down and shut up. You're not able to speak. Yeah. I mean, I could, I could see that happening at the, at the the next meeting. They'll just still they'll still go on like nothing happened like they did this time. But I will make one correction. Not, they do not, have n- we, Go ahead. We we do have the ability to comment we just have to email them or <laughs> or, or give yeah, but that's them not a, a comment statement. though because it doesn't officially go on the record and it's not for other members to hear so that means that exactly. whoever you email yeah. might hear yeah. it if they choose to read it if they have a spam blocker or exactly. nuke it um they won't see it if they uh, don't read it they won't read it and then for sure the public can't witness that they got that message um all the all the valuable checks and balances is, and all the value of putting on the public record is destroyed right I believe so, but but it is posted to their website, but hardly anyone's going to go check that out. But, yeah, so it is what it is. Dr. Bradley, what do you, you think guys. about just enough citizens there saying, look, if we're not allowed to speak, we demand you don't speak? Well, I, I think that they probably would clear the room at that time. They would invoke the police power and all this kind of stuff. But, but again, it's, the First Amendment says freedom of speech and press. 
Okay, so you're you're uh, yeah. shutting down speech and you're you're opening press. Now we don't want a, a rabble roused uh, council meeting every time they have business to do, but the fact of the matter is that they do have a responsibility to receive the input of the citizenry. Just one other quick quotation. I know Sam, we were going to probably let Laura go, but here's another thing out of the declaration. I mean, go. But it's today's news today, folks. Go read it like today's news today. Here's the statement. In every stage of these oppressions, we have petitioned for redress. In the most humble terms, our repeated petitions have been answered only by repeated injury. A prince, or mayor, you might parenthetically remark in there, whose character is thus marked by every act which may define a tyrant, is unfit to be the ruler of a free people. Are the people in St. George going to be a free people or not? And this this uh, is being replayed all over the nation. Again, it's been sit down, shut up, we're going to rule. And, you know, they, they muzzle your face and they remove you from the room and they close the meetings. I mean, this is this, this is the trajectory of so much of what's happening in America. And it, it, the educational process needs to be expanded. And I don't want the every meeting to be turned into an anarchy situation. But at the same time, though, you know what, doctor? I appreciate that we want to be polite, respectful, obey the law, and I get all that. But at some point, though, they cannot do this and get away with it. Because if we let that happen, what occurs next? And at what point do we push back enough? And, and so in my opinion, even though it might be a little rowdy a meeting or two, um, if the American citizens push back enough on this and say, look, if you're not going to let us speak then we're not going to let you speak either if you try to speak we're going to basically just stand up and start speaking on top of you and stop it now you mm. could say well sam that's just not respectful that's not acceptable my response is what other options do they have for the next three years um and if they let this go then what's next laura first then dr mm -hmm. bradley yeah i i think that's a great idea i I hadn't thought of something like that. I think that's brilliant. My 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 thought that I had was we could just go and start sing, singing a hymn, like a, a patriotic hymn, quietly. Only if she tries us. to speak. <laughs> Only what? Only if she tries to speak. Just start singing your hymn then. That's my point yeah. is that, you know what? You if we're not allowed yeah. to speak, neither are you. And if you're not going to speak, we'll all be quiet and listen to the city council members. If you, on the other hand, want to speak, yeah. we're going to just get up and, you know, if you think you have greater rights than the rest of us, um, we're going to go ahead and put that to the test, Dr. Bradley. Now, I know it sounds radical, but what else do we do at this point? They're leaving us no choice. And if we let this uh, line in the sand fall, what's next, Dr. Bradley? Well, again, I, let's go back to the comments I made earlier in regards to, uh, you know, there needs to be an educational process. Yes, the more people you get there, hundreds of Americans that are, you know, kind of, it's kind of like after the Lexington and Concord thing. Thousands of Americans responded to the to the trail back to Boston, so to speak. Uh, they they kicked over a hornet's nest. Okay, now, so if you have, you know, I don't know how many you had in your meeting there, Laura, but let's say there were 50 people there. If there's 200 next time yeah. and 500 the next, and they start to see that the tide switch. I really do believe elected officials fear the voice of the people. And uh, this mayor may feel like she's comfortable for th for three more years, but I think trying the opportunity to come in and hundreds of you over a period of a short period of time, uh, educating her about the uh, their request, you know, really, 
a few phone calls or magnitude of, of orders in their mind uh, when they start getting calls. Um, you know, you get 10 calls, they think there's 10,000 people out there that are mad, you know. And if you started meeting face-to-face mm-hmm. -face with people, I think in a relatively short order of time, you can determine uh, if this whole thing's going to be crushed in your August meeting, I mean, your August election, where they, you re, you'll have four of the five city council members uh, in your camp. You're going to need some organizational time to get the people, uh, you know, lined up and elected and educate those that are running. Pick your pick your poison, if you will. Pick the ones that are going to go in there. I, I think you can you can take this community back. I really do. I, I there's a two communities I'm thinking of in Montana. One of them's rolled over to the California stat, status. One of them has got the local people involved. They're I bet they're not 25 miles apart. Two different types of types of government. One's California light. The other one is Montana heavy. I mean, so to speak, you know. And I think that if the people are involved, they can make a difference. All right, Laura, what do you intend to do next about this then? What do you think the plans are? Uh, Dr. Bradley and I have plenty of advice, uh, but it's easier for us to talk. Um, the people on the ground have to take action. Uh, what do you think is going to happen right. next, and, and, and where do you see this going? It, it, I think there will be some kind of public um, stand of some sort, like you mentioned. Um, I think it's already in the works. I, I'm not privy to that right now um, because I think it is intended to be kind of hush hush so there is there is going to be something at the next public comment meeting so those happened once a month at the beginning of of, of the month so that'll be in june um outside of that i think i see what you're saying as far as educating the mayor goes but i think with the election being so soon we probably need to focus on educating the people um about the other council members and so maybe we could do both, but I, I think it comes down to educating our, our neighbors and friends about who who we can vote for. I'm thinking of running myself because, like, why sit here and complain about things when I can get up and take take charge myself and, and actually Laura, make it myself? Laura, so. Laura, Laura, <laughs> I'm in. All right, when is when is the uh, meeting in June? Oh gosh, it'll be the first Thursday in June. All right, I'll look um, up when that is, the first Thursday in okay. June. We want to basically have it's you on and keep an eye on this if we can. I'd love to. Yeah, I would love to. And I don't know if you guys, if this matters, a part of the conversation, but the, the same week that the city council made this announcement, um, are you aware that this county commissioner's meeting did the same thing? Um, anyway, just a thought. <laughs> the county commission meeting did the thought. same thing? Yep, they, they didn't allow public comment at their at their. The All right, if you can skip week. the break, this is too vital, Lizzie. Laura, when did this <laughs> just happen? That's a whole nother level. That's the next level up in government, if you week. will, or the next level down, whatever you want to call yep. it. It's it's hard not to see a connection there, huh? When yeah, did this it happen? Was, it was a Tuesday prior. Just just a minute here for just a second. You brought up, you stirred the pot again, Laura. I'm sorry. I know. Is there I a person by the name of Victor Iverson uh, on yeah. the, the county yeah. council? Okay, now, uh, this is, this. the plot really thickens because there's an awful <laughs> lot of, uh, uh, shall we say, press given to people such as him with high-profile mm -hmm. things. 
that they do like run for lieutenant governor or something like that uh, in yeah. more recent election and this mm-hmm. the, uh, the the it's being metastasized all across now utah is probably a bastion of tyranny it's a sanctuary state uh without declaring it i mean utah has become the proving grounds of the new world order in my opinion that's a pretty broad statement but yeah. truly uh, Utah is on the very forefront. Now, Sam will remember this. We've had, uh, uh, what was it, Nan Su, I think, was the uh, senior editor of the Epic Times on, uh, the Asian editor, talking about China. Remember the parallelisms we drew, Sam, between Utah yes. and China? Utah is on it the is very shocking. forefront of this. It's, it's Well, and we then discovered that China was literally in bed with the education uh, system in the state of Utah, where little children Absolutely. are writing these thug king communists in China, uh, calling him grandpa and all this kind of crazy stuff. And the grandpa writes back, and oh, I just love my comrades in America. And I mean, it's insanity, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> uh, but Laura, we appreciate this. We need you to keep an eye on the ball. The first of June, by the way, is a Thursday. So I think it's June yeah. 1st, yeah. Thursday. Uh, we'll have to get an update from you after that. And then the city council okay. needs to, to be pushed on. But we also need to push back at the county level, too, and say, what the heck are you think you're doing? Yep. And we, we're we there, too. <laughs> we're doing that, too. There, too. Yeah, right. it's keep, a big conversation. Keep an eye on the ball. We appreciate you. Thanks so much. Okay. Thanks, you guys. You, too. Dr. Bradley, uh, this is just riveting in terms of what's happening here. These local communities, you know, we used to think the federal government was a problem, the United Nations was a problem, but golly, if you got to the state level and to the county and the city level, you know, hey, it's not near like that. We're finding out it's as abusive, if not more so, at the most local of levels, doctor. Oh, there's no question about it. In fact, uh, the opposition to Americanist principles is born and bred, if you will, in our local communities, and oftentimes... People are proved out, if you will, um, and, you know, they're your city governments, your county governments, your state governments, and then they take a profile at the national level. You know, it's a breeding ground for the nonsense we've got going on at the national level. And, and really, would you rather have a tyrant living with you in your own home or a tyrant 2,000 miles away in another community, you know, say sitting in the Oval Office? But the fact that I'm going to pick is, no tyrants. I'm going to pick choice. C, I, I agree with you. But that's the problem is if you have <laughs> tyrants right. in your home community, you're going to church with. I mean, oh, be nice, everybody. Well, the fact of the matter is your homegrown tyrant is going to have probably a more direct effect on your life than, than the one in the Oval Office. So, that you know, they need to be replaced everywhere. I, there's no question. So Roger that. Amen. By the way, there's an incredible column written in the new american just recently it's by alana mercer uh, is the article alana mercer wrote this article talking about robert f kennedy jr authentic americanism that loves liberty loathes lockdowns upbraids um abe um great great article written dr bradley read it and wrote some incredible comments we want to talk about refreshing article huh doctor well, it was. Uh, I mean, you know, I, I you can go to the New American uh, website and look for that article, the RFK thing that Alana Mercer, she's considers herself kind of a paleo-libertarian. Uh, I think she's, uh, you know, we have a lot in common with libertarians when there's individual rights involved. 
but she's not the libertarian that so many are out there. I mean, Ron Paul, libertarian, you know, he, he was pro-life, for crying out loud. A lot of libertarians say, oh, no, you know, it's a woman's choice. Go kill your baby if you want. Yeah, a lot the of libertarians of all- melt down on the morality discussion side of the equation. So that's why I say I'm a libertarian with morals. <laughs> that's right. And, you know, I, in fact, I sometimes when I'm talking to libertarian, I say, you know, we have so much in common. You know, put my arm around them and say, but, but we have morals. You know, and then smile because, you know, you don't want to destroy your enemies uh, that could be your friends. I mean, they, you may, don't make an enemy out of someone that could be your friend. The article is well written. I mean, I am just, uh, it's intelligent, articulate, it's clear-headed. And, uh, and my comments back to the, uh, uh, the New American in their comments section, uh, you know, I, I was just absolutely impressed with what she wrote. And, uh, and there needs to be some noise, if you will, about Kennedy's uh, candidacy. Uh, in in regards to uh, both him and Trump are populists. You know, they're running on the populist wave that's riding America today. A discussion, a debate, you know, Lincoln Douglas, JFK Nixon kind of thing. I mean, you know, you can read my, my comments after the article. you got to go way, 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 way down. Emphasize way down. You get You read the article and then you go down through all of their advertisements and all of their you know, follow on articles and and uh, tell you finally get to the comments section, and uh, and it's like, oh wow, how did I overlook this? So, don't give up. There are comments on there. Well, let me. I don't know. Maybe that. Maybe I'm the only one that's written a comment. I guess we ought to probably check that out. But uh, let me do a look here on their website and see. So uh, yeah, uh, let's see. Yeah, there's only one comment. It's me. <laughs> so anyway. Uh, it's it's one of those things where probably a lot of people are going wait 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 I I'm a Trumpster I I don't want a, a Democrat running against him and you know to tell you the truth um, we need a vigorous I talk about a political malaise that that's festering in the nation today um, we we don't have a passion for the America of yesteryear Kennedy stirs that he speaks extemporaneously. He's intelligent. He's articulate. He has a, a, a vocal cord problem, I'm guessing, some kind of malady that, that affects his uh, uh, speaking ability, but it doesn't affect his mind. And uh, I talk about the vapid state of today's political dialogue. We, we really are in a situation where we are uh, we're a nation of lessers. We've settled for lessers. And, and the presidency is an office of lessers. I mean, look who's there now, Sam. I mean, he has trouble finding his crayons to color in the coloring book, I'm afraid. And uh, this is the executive of the United States. I mean, holy cow. We are in a vapid malaise. That's putting two phrases to, or two words together that, uh, I don't know. There's, you know, you look in their eyes and there's nobody home. That's a pretty bad state of affairs for the nation. So uh, I think we need to open the dialogue. Let's have a discussion. Uh, okay, I'm, I'm going to back up just a little bit. And I'll, Many years ago, this was back in 1992, probably some people listening weren't even born then, um, I was very much involved in the Republican Party. I held positions at the grassroots level and all this kind of stuff. And I carried a position, a position, a petition, uh, that I delivered to the county clerk 
to put something on the ballot that I thought needed to have exposure. Well, it was not the party line from the Republicans. And, of course, because of my, well, you know, I had some presence in the community and in the Republican Party. The county clerk knew me, reported me to the leadership of the uh, county Republican leadership, so the chair of the Republican Party in, in uh, Cash County, the county I live in. And, uh, and so they called a, uh, an inquisition. They called uh, the, uh, the, the uh, county, it was a Republican county council. I don't remember what they called them. Anyway, it's been so many years, like 1992. Anyway, they had an inquisition. They had a hearing. They had me appear before them, and they excommunicated me from the Republican Party. And what I told them is, you know, we are intelligent human beings. We have the, we have the capability of thought. Logic and reason and intelligence should be innate to us as Americans. And this is an issue, whether I'm for it or against it doesn't really matter, but if the people don't know it exists and aren't able to review and digest it and make a decision, I says, I think the people will make a good decision. But if we don't, if we fear and we doubt and we shut down debate and discussion and we get this uh, bland blather that gets served constantly, we get the outcome is bland blather. And, and, you know, that was my defense was basically it doesn't matter whether I'm for or against this. What matters is the fact that we need to trust that if we educate the people, they'll make the right choices. And if you if you never tell them there's anything except for the bland blather you're feeding them, then we're never going to get anything better than that. Well, anyway, they didn't listen and didn't care, and they, they kicked me out. And and so we talk, you know, in this last little segment we did with Laura, you know, the, the local the local involvement really tells what you end up getting. And by the way, the person that was the county chair of the Republican Party went from that job to be a legislator in Utah legislation, legislature. Holy cow, I could tell you stories about stuff she brought forth that literally it was it was basically invoking tyranny into the very homes of of the people in our in our entire county. We were to become a hotbed of investigation on literally they wanted to bring a social worker into every home in our county to test how we might raise up better parents in our county. And it's like, no, read read the Third Amendment. We don't want to put those people in our homes. We want to have the autonomy to raise our children the way we think best. So this, this woman that excommunicated me from the Republican Party in 1992 uh, went on to be a legislator that fostered this bill. Uh, and, and I could tell you the story, how we defeated that ultimately and finally. But the fact of the matter is, that's the kind of stuff that happens if you let this go unchecked. And so you need involvement. So, uh, and and I think a debate, going bring it back to the article, a debate between Trump and RFK Jr., I think everybody would listen. I think that you'd find the populace came out of the woodwork. I, I think that there would be... You know, it would be, I, I remember the, I don't remember the Lincoln-Douglas ones other than what I've read, but I do remember the, the Nixon-JFK uh, ones. Uh, they were 
it was it was something America needed to hear and face, and, and we don't have that anymore today, sadly. Sam, I'm jabbering an awful lot, but yeah, read that article, and then make your own mind up. But uh, if you get around to it, you might want to read my comments about, uh, you know, let's open the discussion again. Let's hear it. Biden's not even going to debate anybody, I don't think, in the Democratic nomination process. Uh, and Trump Why might should not he? either. And they, Why uh, should nobody they? Will, they won't debate each other. That would be an interesting blather. If Trump All right. Well, while you were talking, just so you know, I just wrote uh, Robert F. Kennedy an email uh, and invited him to join us on Liberty Roundtable Live, Doctor. Wow, that would be uh, cool. So we can go ahead and have him on and talk about his incredible or the incredible article written about him, but more importantly, his candidacy for president. Because you know what? The mainstream press is simply acting like this guy's not even on the stage. And what's well, fascinating to him. me is they are fearful of him. His name's Kennedy. I don't see how you can ignore this as news. To do so is derelict in your duty, to say the least. Uh, but we need to get the word out. So I just wrote, I CC'd you on the email. You can pull up that email and see it. But I basically said, hey, we saw this incredible article. Dr. Scott Bradley made these comments. My name is Sam Bushman, Liberty Roundtable Live. We would like to have you on the radio with us uh, to help promote your candidacy for presidency and discuss this in detail. You know what? We'd, l- we'd look forward to working with you. Let us know. And uh, we're going to see what happens. Yeah. Well, the, the discussion needs to be opened. If we, are, we, if we fear truth, how can you ever embrace it? I mean, and, and whether anybody is bringing truth today is questionable. I mean, I have severe doubts. Uh, uh, by the way, Kennedy, I think the reason the, the lame brain media, I don't call them mainstream as much anymore, I call them lame brains, I, he's a wrinkle. He's a wrinkle in their, it's not just a narrative or a storyline, it is a script. He's a wrinkle in their script. And uh, this, oh my goodness, where did this come from? How are we going to put this down? And and it's interesting to me, I you know, I in the, my little comments, I say, okay, um, RFK Jr.'s Democrat family heritage, as well as his youthful moral indiscretions, not unlike Trump's past and more recent dalliances, and his inexplicable praise for candidates and individuals that are the antithesis of his more recent Americanist pronouncements, will be the fodder of partisans rabidly seeking to deny and derail his candidacy. And the establishment will be his most voracious detractors. They fear and despise his forthright honesty. Okay, anyway, go read it yourself. I, we're out of time again, Sam. I don't know what the heck. Time flies when you're having fun. Yes, sir. But you know what? Great comments. Great focus on this article, ladies and gentlemen. We've got to have patriots. You say, well, this guy's a Democrat. I don't care about any of that. I want someone to stand up and put the criminals in prison over COVID. And I want to defund and disassemble the deep state that's been destroying everything we hold dear from top to bottom. We need your help. Donate liberally to libertyroundtable.com as well as freedomsrisingsun.com. God save the Republic of the United States of America. Mountains, the crossroads of the West. You are listening to the Liberty Roundtable Radio Talk Show. 
All right. Happy to have you along, my fellow Americans. Sam Bushman live on your radio. Hard-hitting news the network refused to use. No doubt continues now. This is the broadcast for May 22nd in the year of our Lord, 2023. The goal to promote God, family, and country, to protect life, liberty, and property. To do so on your radio using the supreme law of the land, the Constitution, for the United States of America, the blueprint for liberty. That is our guide. The checks and balances brilliantly put in place by the founding fathers. What are the great peaceful restorative solutions we have at our fingertips? Welcome to the broadcast. We reject revolution. We stand for peaceful restoration of the greatest country on the face of the earth. Lowell Nelson, CampaignForLiberty.org. Welcome back, sir. Good to be with you, Sam. Thank you for having me. You are very welcome. There is so much to discuss, so little time. Let's just dig right in. Ron Paul wrote an incredible column at ronpaulinstitute.org. It's usually at campaignforliberty.org, but Campaign for Liberty is going through a few, uh, pardon our dust, renovations on the website. So for now, go to ronpaulinstitute.org for this incredible column by Ron Paul. Gun control debate ignores the real problems. Incredible stuff from Ron Paul, as always. Lowell? The way his column begins, Sam, reminds me of what you always say. Now, see if you can pick out your sentiment from his opening statement. Quote, Gun control advocates claim to or continue to claim that only restrictions on gun ownership will keep people safe from mass shooters and other criminals. However, good people with guns can stop bad people with guns, and bad people will still have guns despite gun control laws. End of quote. Sam, what? Yeah, and my response is whenever somebody psychotic goes off with a gun. And they just rage and kill and destroy and cause trouble until a good guy with a gun stops them every time. Now, it's the cops oftentimes uh, or a security guard oftentimes. But we've got to wait for those people to get in place. How much better would it be if citizens who were on the scene at the very second had a gun, a good guy stopping the bad guy with a gun? It's called a shoot us not, a rape me not, a rob me not, a whatever. It's the great equalizer in the hands of the honest, moral good people, which, by the way, are the overwhelming majority. Lowell. Absolutely right, Sam. And you said it so well. It's always the good guy with a gun that stops the bad guy with the gun. In fact, you know, while listening to another podcast last week, Sam, uh, I was, uh, it, it, it hit me, you know, that the people in Canada and Australia, they've had much tougher lockdown controls. You know, a lot more brutality imposed upon them, the violence and so forth from police and, and uh, you know, so-called peacekeepers. I think those people, in, particularly in Australia, you know, and, and, and the truckers in Canada had, um, you know, a lot worse situations than we here, you know, in, in uh, the U.S. have. And why is that? Well, I kind of think it, it's because people in those countries don't have guns. Right. I mean, because of the strict gun control measures enacted there in Australia and Canada and other places around the world, the people don't have guns. And so I think the, the police are, are, I don't know, more more willing, more able uh, to in, you know, impose their brutality and their violence on the people because they know they're not going to get shot. <laughs> you know, but it reminds me of a commercial that I saw decades ago where it, the, the, the commercial had this big pile of guns. I'm talking like a, a mountain of guns, like a story high. And there's a big, you know, crusher machine uh, 
grabbing the guns in claws and and then just destroying the guns, right? And and there was a warning along with that commercial that said, don't let that happen in America. <laughs> and uh, it just seems to me that, you know, yeah, you're exactly right. We can't let this happen in America. And if you still have guns in your country, wherever you are, don't let it happen there either. Because, you know, it, without, without guns, you cannot stop the violence that your government uh, wreaks you know, down on you uh, as a people. And, and throughout history, you know, governments kill far more people than, than common criminals. I mean, that's a, that's a, that's a fact. That's that an important undeniable. statistic. And Ron Paul highlights several other vital statistics that are important, Lowell. He continues saying that states with constitutional carry, quote, have lower homicide rates than states with more restrictive gun laws, end of quote. Um, in fact, that reminds me of one of my favorite columns in the New American magazine uh, called Exercising the Right, meaning the right to keep and bear arms. You know, I, 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 whenever I get my copy of the New American every two weeks, that's one of the first places I go uh, to read about, you know, home, uh, attempted home invasions, attempted homicides, burglaries, and theft, and so forth, where the target of the crime who has a gun is able to thwart the the crime, you know, and, and sometimes merely brandishing the weapon changes the minds of the would-be thugs. Other times it takes a slug in the body to change the mind. But, you know, being armed and ready for anything is, is very important. So I really like that uh, New American Magazine column. Um, but back to the, uh, the Ron Paul column, uh, he warns us about red flag laws. Uh, such laws, he says, quote, allow law enforcement to confiscate an individual's guns based on a report that the individual poses a threat to the public safety. Red flag laws allow governments to restrict the exercise of a constitutionally protected right without due process, end of quote. Now, Sam, I once heard Georgia Congressman Paul Brown say he would never vote for a legislative measure unless it meets four different tests. Right, so he always has in his mind four tests. Number one is a moral and good. Number two is a constitutional. Number three, do we need it? And number four, can we pay for it? Right, those are four really good questions that every legislator ought to ask, ask himself when considering a piece of legislation. Well, I think, Sam, I think that the red flag laws fall, fail every single one of the four questions. We know it sells question number two because it would deprive someone of their right to keep and bear arms without due process. But it also fails number three. Do we need it? No, we don't need it. <laughs> you know, we have citizens who who can protect themselves, right? So, and I, it just seems to me that those are uh, really, really good questions for any legislators who are listening to this show. Really good questions. Is it moral? Is it constitutional? Do we need it? And can we pay for it? Any comment about about that, Sam? Um, Paul Brown's questions that he asks himself whenever he considers a piece of legislation? I think they're absolutely brilliant. They're very simple. Is it moral and good? Is it constitutional? Do we need it? Can we pay for it? That litmus test certainly is one of the keys to the exercise. And, hey, 90% of the government go away if you follow those rules. I would add two more simple rules, though. Don't hurt me and don't take my stuff uh, is kind of providing greater <laughs> clarity. Obviously, that's the moral point that he's making. But I, I kind of like that because it clarifies, really, if you don't hurt people and don't take their stuff, 
And if you always look for moral and good things, and if you say, is it constitutional, then you say, hey, do we need it, and can we fund it? You know, you really put things in perspective in a meaningful way. I think he's right as rain. And Ron Paul basically then highlights about the gun control debate. He says it ignores the root causes of rising violence, which is, and, he, and it goes exactly into the first point uh, that the Georgia congressman, Paul Brown, says. Lowell? That's right. Quote, the, um, uh, talking about the root cause of rising violence, he says this, quote, which is a symptom of the decline of traditional morality, which has been replaced with a nihilistic philosophy that denies moral law and natural rights, end of quote. And so you're right, Sam. It, it does. You know, Paul Brown's first, very first question is a moral. It, it speaks to this point that, that Ron Paul is making, uh, that the, gun, the, the rise in violence really is a, is a natural result or natural outcome from this nihilistic philosophy that seems to, to be growing in this country, this philosophy that deny, denies moral law. You know, you and I, Sam, we'd probably state the root cause in another way, which is you know, turning away from God or ignoring God or maybe refusing to believe in God. Something like that. That's or obey his commandments. The rise in violence. Yeah, failure to obey. Yeah, or obeying his commandments, right? Yeah. So it's a belief in God that helps to guide one's thoughts and actions, Sam, as you well know, and it leads to a respect for an individual's inalienable rights to life, liberty, and property. Right? A simple belief in God is what leads people to respect others others is right inalienable rights to life liberty and property now um, the gun control debate what i find interesting is if you ask paul brand's four questions relating to gun control do they have the right or you know should we allow them to take our guns or restrict our gun rights is the question and you think about his four questions right Okay, he's going to vote against it unless it meets these four things. Is it moral and good to take guns away from the good guys to protect themselves? No, it leaves them vulnerable. It's not moral or good. They have a God-given inalienable right to protect themselves. Is it constitutional? Of course not. The Second Amendment says thou shalt not be infringed. There's no opinions or buts about that. Do we need it? No, we don't. In fact, we see that the more guns are in a society by the good people, the less these things occur. Can we pay for it? Of course not. We're $31 trillion in debt. In debt. And if you say, don't hurt me, don't take my stuff, then you get into a situation where, hey, um, they don't obey that. But we might need a little help, the great equalizer, the gun, to stop them. The Second Amendment to say, look, you're not going to hurt me and you're not going to take my stuff. I'll ask politely, but if you insist, I'll equal the playing field. And that's critical to understand. And Paul Brown's guidance, perfect on this, ladies and gentlemen. Sad part about it is the United States has been destroyed by its ruling elites. An incredible column at lourockwell.com. Paul Craig Roberts will talk about it with Lowell Nelson, campaignforliberty.org, in seconds on your radio.
Former Sheriff Richard Mack recounts in his book the proper role of law enforcement, how he came to realize while working as a beat cop how wrong the all-too-common orientation of police officers is when they think of their job as being to write tickets and arrest people. Richard Mack tells of his personal transformation from by-the-number cop to constitution-conscious defender of citizen safety and freedoms. Learn what it really means to serve and protect. Purchase your copy at CSPOA.org. That's CSPOA.org. Do you know what is great about America? Ask an Immigrant. Ask an Immigrant is a new podcast dedicated to helping Americans, especially our youth, value, appreciate, and be grateful for the freedoms we have here in America. Join host Lydia Wallace-Nuttle as she interviews immigrants from around the world to discover their inspiring personal stories about why they came to America. To learn more about why America is the most prosperous, greatest country in the world, download the Loving Liberty app or go to lovingliberty.net. My name is Christian Knuckles. Donald Trump is God's man. Evidence. He is being persecuted for righteousness' sake. Matthew 5.10. DeSantis is God's man, fighting the beast at Disney. Walt Disney was God's man. Look how the beast swarmed to buy Walt Disney upon Walt's death. They turned Walt Disney Incorporated into the Whore of Babylon. They turned the New Jerusalem, America, into Mystery Babylon, Revelations 12. A message from Christ Kingdom Ministries brought to you by ConfederateChurchOfChrist.com. Back to Lowell Nelson. Uh, the ruling elite of destroyed America, Paul Craig Roberts, LewRockwell.com, doing a phenomenal job, Lowell. And his whole column is there at the LewRockwell.com. But I don't want to talk about the whole thing, just a couple of points, a couple of paragraphs that I really believe are important. We need to discuss them. Uh, the column is an interview, actually, so he addresses a variety of topics. But in answer to a question about illegal immigration, uh, Paul Craig Roberts explains that Biden is spending billions to protect Ukraine's borders, but not a dime to protect U.S. borders. In other words, the Democrats, he explains, are watering down the white majority population with Hispanic and black immigrants to destroy the ethnic basis of the state. But then he says something that is the first point I really want to highlight. Quote, as the Democrats control the major cities in most states and thereby the election rules and vote kidding, it doesn't matter how people vote. As Stalin said, the only thing that matters is who counts the vote. Only a total fool would expect Democrats to count votes that gave victory to Republicans, end of quote. Boy, Sam, that is a sobering statement. And sadly, I must agree with him. Unless the state legislatures take seriously their responsibility set forth in the U.S. Constitution, Article 1, Section 4, Paragraph 1, which says, the, quote, the times, places, and manner of holding elections for senators and representatives shall be prescribed in each state by the legislature thereof, right? And so, you know, I, I, I really believe that the, if the legislatures of the states, particularly those in the six battleground states from the 2020 election, 
if they and some of them are trying to do this they're trying to to specify right the the times places and manner of holding the elections in a more precise uh, way so that they 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 thwart the, the all of the fraud that comes along with mail-in ballots all of the fraud that comes with you know absentee voting and this the, the lack of chain of custody and so forth so so I, I see that some progress is being made there, but you know Paul Craig Roberts is saying, look, if we don't change anything, then we'll never get an accurate count on our elections again. You're uh, right about that, and he brings up to... this interesting point too. When you hear him say this, the Democrats are watering down the white majority population with Hispanic and blacks immigrants, or you could say illegals. To destroy the ethnic basis of the United States. Now, at first that sounds like a racial statement. It sounds bigoted. But what I want you to think about, ladies and gentlemen, is this. We're talking about illegals that they're trying to push to have a right to vote. We're talking about people who don't understand. Uh, they're, they're not educated to understand the proper role of limited government based on the founders. They don't understand that in our government, we look to God first. Government serves the people. The whole affairs are different from other nations. And so when you bring in illegal people who their first interest to the country is breaking the law, and then you have them vote and they don't have any understanding about the checks and balances, about due process, about the rule of law, about the three branches of government and the checks and balances that are supposed to occur, the, the different jurisdictional realities between the federal government and the states. Okay, you've got a recipe for disaster. It's not that that black person over there or that brown person over there is bad because they're black or brown. It is that they don't understand the Christianity that undergirds the United States. They don't understand the Christian principles. That really means we the people are self-governed based on God's laws, the Ten Commandments. And that's why our country works so well. That's why the principles of freedom are embodied in our documents, our supreme law. See, they don't understand these things. So it's not that they're bad people. Many of them might come for the right reasons even. But until they are educated about America, until they jettison their former understanding and reject the tyrannical ways of the countries they've left and embrace the Christianity and embrace the freedom that America provides, you know what? No offense, but we don't want them voting, and we don't really want them here. Now, if they come for the right reasons legally, and by the way, we need to shut the illegal door and open the immigration door to, to welcome those who want to come for the right reasons, that's fine. I'm not against those who want to live a better life, but we cannot assimilate a bunch of people who don't understand our culture, who don't commit themselves to the supreme law of our land. In other words, the rule of law. We can't have this infiltration because it really amounts to an intentional betrayal, Lowell. And that leads into the second point that I want to highlight from this interview with Paul Craig, uh, Craig Roberts. Um, the interviewer asks him about inflation and about the economy in the foreseeable future, and here is Robert's reply. Quote, the United States, despite my best efforts and the efforts of others for decades, has been destroyed by its ruling elite for the sake of short-term profits and short-term growth in power over the people. By offshoring its manufacturing jobs, the global corporations destroyed the American middle class and the ladders to upward mobility that had made America the opportunity society. As U.S. corporations produce the goods abroad that they market to Americans, the goods enter the U.S. as imports 
and thus offshoring production for the home market worsens the trade deficit. The trade deficit has to be financed. There is no problem for the U.S. as long as the dollar is in demand as the reserve currency by all countries in order to pay for their international transactions, and countries that trade surpluses keep their monetary surpluses in U.S. Treasury bonds, thus financing both the U.S. trade and budget deficit. End of quote. Now, we get to the part that is really important, Sam. Quote, Washington, in an act of incredible stupidity, has driven a dagger through the heart of the U.S. dollar as the world reserve currency, thus ending Washington's ability to pay its bills by printing money. The dagger was the Biden regime's Russian and other sanctions and the seizure of Russia's central bank deposit. This finally convinced the rest of the world that holding dollar balances exposed the country to the risk of expropriation or control by Washington, end quote. You see, Sam, actions have consequences. And because the Biden regime seized Russia's central bank deposits, the other countries around the world now have a very compelling, very relevant, and very timely reason to move away from the dollar as the world's reserve currency. So what's going to happen? Well, the, dollar for do the demand for dollars will decline. The supply of dollars will rise because of our endless printing, right? And so the resultant value of the dollar will begin to vanish. I mean, it's, it's already declining precipitously, but it will continue upon that precipitous decline to towards the zero value, towards zero. Uh, and, and so, I mean, that's, that's what, that, that was the dagger, right? You freeze the assets, the dollar assets of these other countries, while well, other countries are not going to be so willing to to monitor, you know, to spend uh, or to buy to buy their commodities with dollars. I mean, why would they do that? Why would they hold dollars if they stand in jeopardy of being seized or frozen by the U the U.S. regime? Right? You know, I wouldn't want to be those countries out there depending on the dollar if 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 the U.S. is going to just up and seize or freeze the dollars, or seize the assets, <laughs> boy, you know, and so Roberts, uh, he concludes his column with this sobering warning, quote, sooner or later, the U.S. dollar's exchange value will fail, or will fall, excuse me, setting off high inflation in the U.S. that is outside the control of the central bank. American living standards will fall, and the U.S. will begin to look like India in 1900. The hatred of white people the Democrats have taught to blacks and immigrant invaders will result in internal war, end of quote. Well, he doesn't paint a very pretty picture, Sam. What do you think? I think he's spot on correct. I think the petrodollars days are over as they start to uh, look for gold uh, and other currencies to deal with oil. Uh, you know, the liquid gold days for America's backing are gone. I think uh, countries across the globe are sick of the hegemony of the United States, thinking we're the world's cop or we're the king of the, you know, the, the world and can mandate and can conjole and do whatever we want. Uh, you know, when we shut people down and, you know, hey, I'm not even here to take sides in the Russia-Ukraine debate. I know some people are just all about Russia. Others are all about Ukraine. I'm for neither. It's an affair we don't belong in. Um, and literally seizing their currency um, because they decided to use petrodollars uh, amounts to, in my opinion, a war crime.
All right. And so it's got to stop. We have got to learn to stay out of these foreign entanglements. We've got to learn the more we abuse the world, the more blowback there's going to be. It's a CIA documented principle that Ron Paul highlighted very well. And I would say this, we cannot allow this to happen. Folks, we cannot allow the Democrats to water down our elections uh, by those who don't understand the principles of liberty. We cannot allow the United States to continue on this fiat currency bonanza. They're now debating raising the debt ceiling. They've raised the debt ceiling 144 times since 1944, and they're about to do it again and sell us out. That's the bad news. There is good news, though. Yeah. Let's talk about Arkansas in seconds with Lil Nelson, CampaignForLiberty.org. the land you're listening to liberty news radio usa news i'm lance pry senator tim scott the republican from south carolina will announce his bid to be the gop presidential nominee this morning scott on fox news over the weekend the issues of restoring hope and creating opportunities and protecting america to me that means you're focusing on financial literacy and education you're focusing on making sure that the american dream is alive and well for the next generation of americans to me it's about winning over americans to my brand of conservatism back in march the naacp florida state conference voted to unanimously in favor ask the naacp board of directors to issue a travel advisory for the state of Florida, Governor Ron DeSantis back then. This is part of the reason why, you know, our country, you know, it, it goes through all these. It, we, we get involved in these stupid fights. This is a stunt to try to do that. It's a pure stunt. Now the NAACP has officially put Florida on a travel advisory. NAACP Chairman Leon Russell lives in Tampa, Florida. We asked him on Twitter if he plans to move. A reply was not given at this time. NAACP President Derek Johnson says visiting Florida could put your life in danger. We are advising African Americans and others that if you travel to Florida, beware that your life is not valued. ExxonMobil is looking past gasoline by drilling for something other than oil, lithium. Exxon recently purchased drilling rights to a sizable chunk of land in Arkansas where it plans to produce lithium. Exxon is said to have bought 120,000 gross acres in the smackover formation of southern Arkansas. The National Weather Service is reporting tropical storm Mawar has strengthened in the Pacific into a typhoon and was expected to make landfall Wednesday, bringing high winds and possible flooding to the Mariana Islands, including Guam. Mawar had maximum sustained winds of 80 miles per hour as of early Monday local time, with gusts up to 95 miles per hour. This is USA News. your vehicle ready for spring during Clean Car Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Pro X1 exterior cleaning and detailing products provide professional results and show quality shine for your vehicle. Right now, pick up Pro X1 Snow Foam Car Wash 2 for just $15. See store for details. Pro X1 exclusively at your local O'Reilly Auto Parts or O'ReillyAuto.com. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. Finding great people to hire can be like trying to find a needle in a haystack, but not with ZipRecruiter. Their powerful matching technology delivers so many qualified candidates, it's like finding a needle in a needle stack. 
In fact, four out of five employers who post on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate within the first day. For less hay and more needles, head to ZipRecruiter. And right now, you can try ZipRecruiter for free. That's right, free. At ZipRecruiter.com slash free. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash free. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to Liberty Roundtable, live on your internet radio this morning. This is Bull Nelson, uh, our guest here with uh, your host, Sam Bushman, a wonderful gentleman. Uh, it's been a pleasure uh, of mine for years now to know Mr. Sam Bushman and his cadre of friends uh, who put on these marvelous shows. We're talking this morning about a bit of good news out of Arkansas. Arkansas now recognizes gold and silver as legal tender. Yes, they've legalized the use of gold and silver coin there in the state of Arkansas. I learned this just Saturday night in a uh, board of directors meeting uh, of the United Precious Metals Association, UPM. Have you ever had great honey? No, I mean really good, all-natural, raw honey? Well, now you can, thanks to LocalHoneyMan.com. We can ship out our locally made honey all across the U.S. So don't worry, you won't miss out. Plus, Local Honey Man has so many different flavors, like Utah Wildflower, High Desert Delight, Happy Valley, and Blackberry, just to name a few. So purchase your delicious raw honey today at LocalHoneyMan.com. As you are aware, America is divided over every fault line possible. This is intentionally fostered by those who do not love God, family, or country. We believe a peaceful future as a free people absolutely depends on civility. Clarion Call for Civility is looking for funding and volunteers at every level to make our hopes and efforts a reality. Please donate, sign our pledge, and help us in our sacred cause. Please visit callforcivility.com for more details. Callforcivility.com. Have you ever heard of Loving Liberty Ladies? Well, the Loving Liberty Ladies are here to help you learn our American heritage and the way it affects today's society. The Loving Liberty Ladies also have a discussion guide called Proclaim Liberty. And with this guide, you can start your own group in your hometown. Get yours today on our website at lovingliberty.net. Look for our lesson supplements, too. They're free. To hear all the special offers and to join the fight for freedom and liberty, please go to lovingliberty.net. There has been no evidence of widespread voter fraud. The 2020 elections were one of the most corrupt in history. See the proof for yourself. We tracked 2,000 mules making multiple ballot drops. 2,000 mules, the shocking new movie from Dinesh D'Souza. One mule made 53 trips to 20 drop boxes. 2,000 mules. Join the special virtual premiere and Q&A on May 7th. Get your tickets now. Available only at 2,000mules.com. 2,000mules.com. Sponsored by Salem Media Group. As you are aware, America is divided over every fault line possible. This is intentionally fostered by those who do not love God, family, or country. We believe a peaceful future as a free people absolutely depends on civility. Clarion Call for Civility is looking for funding and volunteers at every level to make our hopes and efforts a reality. Please donate, sign our pledge, and help us in our sacred cause. Please visit callforcivility.com for more details. Callforcivility.com. Are you not feeling yourself since getting the jab of the COVID? Are you feeling run down? Suffering from brain fog? Having trouble staying motivated? Or maybe you've packed on a few pounds since getting sick? 
you're not alone. Millions are suffering from vaccine injury or long-haul COVID issues, but there is great news. My friends over at Global Tech MD have the solutions. Their post-jab supplement package is a doctor-developed protocol to support optimal immune function and to help you start feeling yourself once again. It's time to take back your health. I trust my friends over at Global Tech MD, and you should too. Head on over to covidinjured.com and use the promo code THEBIGMIG to get 20% off of your first order of the COVID Health Bundle. Once again, head over to covidinjured.com, use the promo code THEBIGMIG to get 20% off your first order. covidinjured.com. Are you worried about America? Do you fear the power of the Obama brigades to take away your rights? The Obama presidency is the most radical left-wing administration in American history. Our constitutional liberties are in danger. What can you do? Join the Council of Conservative Citizens. For over 20 years, the CFCC has fought for the rights and ideals of the European American majority. The CFCC has won legal and political battles to protect your heritage and your liberties. The CFCC advocates strong state governments over the power of Washington, D.C. to rule your life. The CFCC believes in an American-first foreign and domestic policy which opposes globalism and one-world government. The CFCC advocates racial integrity as God's natural order. Visit our website today at www.cfcc.org and join fellow European Americans in the fight for our people. My name is Christian Knuckles. I prophesy there will be no revival until the church leadership stops lying to the people. I'm the first soldier of the spiritual body of Christ, the Lion of Judah, the Confederate Church of Christ. I'm here to declare the lion will lie down with the lamb when the lying stops. A message from Christ Kingdom Ministries and brought to you by confederatechurchofchrist.com. True Passover versus Easter. The Catholic Church and most denominations follow the Jewish Passover. Here is the Jewish tradition. The Passover takes place 14 days after the new moon, after the equinox. But what does God say? In Isaiah 1 verse 14, quote, Your new moon feasts and your appointed festivals I hate with all my being. Unquote. Now notice God's word versus Jewish tradition. Quote, in the first month, on the fourteenth day of the month, at twilight, is the Lord's Passover. Unquote. That's from Leviticus 23, verse 5. God's year begins on the spring equinox. Passover is always on the fourteenth day of God's year, the fourteenth day after the equinox. The Sunday after the Passover is Resurrection Sunday. None of this is about fertility, which is exactly what Easter is all about. Easter bunny and eggs, fertility rites, are paganism. Matthew 24, 24 teaches us that the church is deceived today. Deceived Christians call themselves Judeo-Christians. Around 1900, Jews commissioned the Schofield Reference Bible, which transformed the Jews from Christian killers to the chosen people. Here's the truth. America is in the Bible. Revelation 21. Our form of government came down from heaven. Verse 3. The many Christian ministers at the Constitutional Convention sought God's will. The God-given rights in the Constitution were ordained by God. America is the new promised land for Christian Israel, and Christians are the true chosen people. True Israel is Christian. Listen to Jesus, quote, my sheep follow me, unquote, and, quote, you do not believe because you are not. 
All right. Back with you live, ladies and gentlemen, Sam Bushman on your radio. Sorry for the Internet outage. We'll try to get Lowell Nelson back here in just a second as well. Um, you know, it seems like when we're talking about the most important subjects, uh, do we have outages for some reason? Strange coincidence? I don't know. But we've been talking to Lowell Nelson about some incredible stuff. We talked about uh, red flag laws, how horrible they are. Ron Paul wrote an incredible article. We talked about now Arkansas recognizes gold and silver as legal tender. It's huge, ladies and gentlemen. It's a huge news piece. In fact, it, it was, they uh, were able to get it passed in record time, which is really, really, really important as well. Uh, we're talking about a legislative update uh, that got sent to us featuring Arkansas, Idaho, Mississippi, Missouri, Tennessee, Texas, Utah, and Wyoming. It's huge. But Arkansas, they pass it in record time, lol. They sure did. 13 days, Sam. <laughs> that truly is a record. I have never seen a legislature do something that fast on this particular topic <laughs> ever. It's got to be a record. Um, yeah, just in within two weeks, this uh, HB 1718, titled Arkansas Legal Tender Act, which officially recognizes gold and silver as legal tender, became law, right? Governor Sarah Huckabee Sanders signed the bill into law uh, just a week or two ago, and, um, and th this really is great news, Sam. Arkansas now on a footing comparable to that of Utah. Uh, and, and several other states uh, that, have, that now recognize gold and silver coin as money, not as a commodity, not as an investment vehicle, but as actual money where you can spend it. And, uh, you know, that's one of the missions of the UPMA. UPMA.org is to make uh, gold and silver, um, you know, money again so that people spend it instead of the fiat currency that is so popular today. Uh, when, and if we can, and, and that's that's one, that's a big big subject of each of our board members is how to push um, uh, gold and silver, making it more available, more highly usable, easier for vendors, easier for third-party businesses to use for customers just to walk in, spend the gold, and uh, and walk out of there with the appropriate change or credit or whatever to make that happen. So yeah, and I've been working with the Goldback people for a start on this. The Goldback people, I've had them on the radio with us a couple of times, and Larry Hilton and those guys and several others, Benjamin mm -hmm. down there at Goldback and, and those folks uh, at Alpine uh, Gold Exchange and that kind of stuff. I've been working with them in depth, uh, and I've got some Goldbacks in my hands, so they're pretty neat, and I think they're a start. Uh, and if you can get a UPMA account, then you can trade across the country. Uh, and some say it's not as good as the gold and silver in your hand. And my response is, I agree 100%. However, it's a whole lot better than what we've been doing, and it's a step in the right direction. We've got to let good money chase out bad, Lowell. Yeah, in fact, Mark Fincham, during the meeting, he said that he was talking to somebody and, and, and who said, if I had a choice between, you know, fake money and gold, well, hands down, I'd take the gold. <laughs> and so, you know, people, given the choice, given – given the alternative, they will, you know, most of them, they'll take the gold, right? I mean, who would take fake money, right, monopoly money, when you have a chance to take gold instead? Well, particularly in this hugely inflationary time in which we find ourselves, yeah, choosing gold, that's a simple choice. That's what I would do. That's what you would do. That's what a lot of people would do. And seeing this effort uh, in Arkansas, making gold and silver 
uh, using gold and silver as money is just is just very very encouraging, Sam. Uh, and I, unfortunately, the effort in Missouri met very stiff resistance from CBDC proponents. You know, the people that want central bank digital currency. And so it didn't happen in Missouri, but it did in Arkansas. You know, gold and silver now legal tender in the state of Arkansas. Sam. I think it's huge, ladies and gentlemen. Again, we got to remember, you know, I know we all want it all at once. We want to just basically shut down the Federal Reserve and go straight to constitutional currency. And in the perfect world, that would be awesome. I mean, I'd support it 100%, but we've learned from experience, Lowell, that it doesn't happen like that. Look, we've had a fiat fake money system for well over 100 years now, basically 110 years. Uh, And so, you know what? You can't get rid of it all at once. You've got to let good money uh, chase out the bad money. And opening up competition so that that can occur is critical. And so, you know, when you use the gold back or when you use other barter or other exchange options or put your gold in a vault where, you know, you can use uh, debit cards backed by gold or, or, you know, gold backs backed by gold, it, it's not enough, right? It's not where the, the 100% would, would, would like to see, but it absolutely is in the right direction. If I put an ounce of gold in the vault or in my hand and then I have uh, some gold backs that I can trade with, and or I can uh, credit and debit money between Sam and Lowell using this system, I'm not using the Federal Reserve at all. The more people that do that, the better. Remember, we got to incrementally take America back. I wish it would happen all at once, but it's not going to. It's going to be this incremental education that slowly but surely um, grows. And as you see the, the government literally locking people down like they're doing Russia now, Um, eventually people are going to go, look, I don't want any part of that. Just like the countries are doing now, it'll be down to the individual level. And when that happens, you want to have something in place, Lowell. Well, Thomas Jefferson said that the ground of liberty is to be gained by inches. And what what I think he meant uh, by that, Sam, is is exactly what you just said, that um, it's not going to happen overnight. It has to happen incrementally, step by step, inch by inch. We regain the ground of liberty, and you know, here it's Arkansas, there it's Utah, then Missouri, then Tennessee, then Mississippi, and then Idaho. I mean, it's 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 growing uh, like wildfire, really. When you when you look at the last hundred years, it's only been in the last decade, really, that this movement has has you know has been reborn and and is growing, and and now seems to be exploding, right? Because you know, Utah came along in 2011 with its first bill and then refined it in 2012 and again in 2014 and continues to work hard. Uh, we got Texas out there uh, with a depository trying to make a gold and silver pay, where you can pay your gold, your taxes in gold and silver. We're working on that here in Utah as well. Uh, we've got good people in Wyoming. Uh, uh, one of the members of the board of directors of the UPMA is a, is a Senate, senator in the Wyoming legislature. Um, and, and another fellow in the Idaho legislature, just really wonderful gentlemen um, and, and, and ladies, too, doing great work on this issue around the country. Sam? Yes, indeed, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, people are emailing me saying, hey, I lost your radio show for a minute. Uh, that's right. little uh, outage. But have no fear. Uh, what we're going to do is just uh, put the commercial break where that little outage was. And we're going to just rock and roll live going forward, so it's going to be just fine. Um, ladies and gentlemen, there are so many issues that we, the people, need to be engaged in, so many battlefronts 
uh, if you will. But the good news is Arkansas now joins the list of states that recognize gold and silver as legal tender. Man, that's amazing how we lost that over 100-plus years ago. And now, with good, honest, hard work from Patriots, it is coming back. That's the good news. All right. Incredible Sam, me, new. Sam, yes, sir. Sam, Sam let, me, let me remind our listeners of the 17 most important words in the U.S. Constitution. No state shall make anything but silver and gold coin a tender in payment of debt. End of quote, Sam. It's the most Amen. important words in the Constitution. And I just want to remind folks that this is nothing new. These states, they are resurrecting the Constitution. They're beginning to adhere to the Constitution as envisioned and written by the founders and, and, and as, as understood by those who ratified it. I mean, this is really great news. I just wanted to make sure that our listeners knew that, that the, 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 those who founded this country did so with the understanding that no state shall make anything, silver and gold coin, a tender and payment of debt. Sam? Ladies and gentlemen, we also need to understand that the push to audit and end the Fed continues and is underway as well. So we keep an eye on that ball. Now, there's a new news organization. It's an online newspaper, if you will. IronCountyNews.org is the website. We talked a little bit about it from one of the people that followed that last hour. A lady was at the St. George um, uh, City Council meeting and the county commission meetings saying that they're denying free speech there. The people are pushing back hard, and justly so. But now there's a massive land grab, Lowell. Well, the Biden administration is uh, at it again, folks. A new executive order was drawn up earlier this year that will federalize another 1.2 million acres of land that extends east to the Grand Staircase and south to include most of the Grand Canyon. It also connects this land to two other monuments that other presidents have illegally passed. End of quote. Yeah, so I'm thinking what Obama did. I'm sorry, what uh, Clinton did, right? Um, Well, as of May 11th, Sam, the executive order, this particular one, has not been signed. This, This column that I read last night was written on May 12th, right, that 10 days ago. And then, but I did look at the list of executive orders last night and uh, still did not see this one. So as of right now, this executive order that would steal another 1.2 million acres of land from Utah and Arizona has not yet been signed. Um, the author of the, the article I was reading here at this website, uh, uh, Iron County, what was it, Iron County News? Yes, ironcountynews.org. Uh, said that, you know, this, this order, this executive order, that's going to affect a lot of people in Utah and neighboring states. Why? He says because the vast majority of beef consumed in these two states comes from an area known as the Arizona Strip, which falls within this 1.2 million acres. He says this, quote, there are roughly 300 ranchers that use this land for cattle production. There are also vast oil reserves under this land, as well as gold and copper. Recently, there was a vast reserve of uranium found, which is estimated to be worth several hundred trillion dollars. There are dozens of mines in the area, and nobody has said a peep about them. Fact is, very few people are even aware that these mines exist. Local communities and towns have used this land responsibly for well over 100 years. 
The government is taking this action under the deception that the tribal natives and nations want this land. Nothing could be further from the truth. The majority of people visiting and using this land are ranchers and local communities for firewood and other recreational activities. And um, I, 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 I do want to continue this quote, Sam, um, but I just want to insert here the fact that the, the government seems to be pushing off the land these ranchers, very similar to what they did in Nevada, right? I mean, what, what happened to the Bundy family, who, you know, one just one of about 50 ranchers in Nevada, yeah, and the, the only two ranchers that really ranchers. pushed back are the Bundys and the Wayne Haig family. We had um, mm -hmm. Ramona Haig, uh, the daughter of Wayne Haig, and Miss um, uh, Chenoweth. Uh, basically, she came and spoke with us at the CSPOA when we went to the uh, National Press um, Corps or National Press uh, in Washington, D.C., uh, and she spoke. And she basically mm -hmm. said, look, the government was told by the judge to bring their wallet to court because they're going to have to pay because they were guilty of racketeering against the ranchers. Uh, and so she won a bunch mm -hmm. of money. The problem is the government will never pay up, so she can't enforce it. And even though they promised her money and even though she won the case, she's losing the battle because they're starving their family for money. So it's a multi-generational battle, and there's only a couple of ranchers standing up and doing their best to stop it, Lowell. Well, it happened to the Hagues. It happened to the Bundys. And how many of these 300 ranchers in this new tract of 1.2 million acres, how many of them are, are, are going to be put out of business? And, and how many of them will stand up for their right to uh, use the land? I mean, that's, that's an, a very open question at this point. If, it, uh, if, if, if the same percentages hold true in this tract of land as held true in Nevada, you know, two out of 50, that's, uh, that's you know, that's 4%. 4% of 300 is going to be 12 ranchers that will stand up and fight against it. Well, they need help, folks. They need you and me talking to our county commissioners, talking to our legislators, and letting them know that we don't want this to happen. We don't want this executive order to be honored, right? We don't want the state to recognize this executive order if it gets signed, you know, assuming that it gets signed, and it probably will then we need to ignore We need to nullify this, right? America was born on the concept of nullification. This is in our blood. It's in our constitutional DNA, so to speak. And, and we need to stand against this, folks. And so let me just continue this quote here, finish out this, uh, you know, this, this column. I don't know how much you covered in, in the previous hour, Sam, but it, it's not worth, I, I'm sorry, it, it, I'm not opposed to revisiting uh, a story that's very relevant and very important. Like yeah, song. so we talked, like just to, just to, to be clear, we talked over. about that news service, but we didn't talk about this article specifically. So keep going. This is fantastic. Okay, uh, continuing the article then, quote, our mayor who owns land, okay, this is written by someone who attended the meeting, the city council meeting. He, he writes this, quote, our mayor who owns land in this area shared a story in our council meeting that a family tradition is every spring they take their kids and grandchildren to hunt for Indian arrowheads and small bits of gold to create a lasting memory of this land and instill in them respect for this land and what it provides for them. If this executive order is signed, Mayor Johnson and, and his family would be charged with a felony. Think about that for a minute. Teaching your children about this precious land and how to respect it. 
soon it will be a felony to preserve as a family the heritage this land has had since long before this was a state within our republic. Most of the ranchers using this land have title and deed to this area and have, and have owned it for six generations or more. End of quote from this, this great article. You know, so, so, you know, what, what is the outlook here, folks? Well, it's not good. <laughs> the, the government intends to force all cattle off of this 1.2 million acres of land. Um, the author of the article continues and says, quote, they will void all titles and deeds, as well as all grazing permits and water rights and ownership they currently have now. They'll make it a felony to harvest wood or keep artifacts like Indian arrowheads or gold or anything else found on the land that it has in abundance. They will make it a felony to hunt on this land. Many families in this area depend on hunting to provide food to get through the winters. It will be a felony to use this land for any recreational activities, end of quote. So, I mean, that's the outlook, Sam, and it doesn't look good. Um, this is what happened to, to, to us in, in Idaho in the late 1980s. The BLM used to charge us a dollar a head to, to graze our cattle on the Forest Service and BLM land. And then it went to $10 a head and then higher, and ultimately they refused to issue the permit at all. It drove... Uh, you know, a lot of families out of business, uh, you know, the, the cattle ranching families. So I don't know, Sam, it's time we need to stand up and exercise. We need to talk about the supremacy clause in, uh, the, in the 10th Amendment, right, the state supremacy clause. It's time for us to nullify the unconstitutional acts of the federal government. Instead of talking about the supremacy clause in Article 6, Sam, we need to talk about the supremacy clause in the, in the 10th Amendment. And we need to look at Richard Mack's court case for guidance on that, one of the greatest Tenth Amendment decisions ever rendered, CSPOA.org for that. If ever there was a time for the nullification of unconstitutional edicts coming out of Washington, D.C., that time is now, Lowell. Absolutely right, Sam. Love you, brother. We appreciate you and all that you do, sir. Your information is always riveting, timely and critical for the American people. Thanks again, sir. You're welcome. Lowell Nelson, campaignforliberty.org. Become part of the solution today, would you please? For Sam Bushman, Lowell Nelson, Scott Bradley, and the rest of the Liberty Roundtable team, we declare this nation shall endure. God save the Republic of the United States of America. America.